Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi, everyone. This is Chatting with Nat. This is Natalie Jeans and Natalie Jean. And today we have the honor of having singer-songwriter Micheline Hay. hope I said her name right. Between the depth of her voice, substance of her songwriting, and seemingly endless list of awards and achievements, you might be fooled into thinking that Michelin has been, the game, has been in the game for decades. But that's easily forgiven, as despite having yet to hit her 20s, the artist's signature alt-pop stylings belly her age and blur lines between genre eras, making her music all the more compelling. She obviously takes great pride in her output, showcasing a skillful approach to arrangement and production with a keen attention to detail. She's also an independent collaborator, having lent her unmistakable vocals to elevate tracks from Machine Driver's own Boss and Zerky Road, 39 Kingdom, and others in just 2019 alone. With one-of-a-kind sound and white ring drive, Michelin shows no signs of slowing down on her already impressive track trajectory. Her song Sleep This Night streamed over 650,000 in four months of release. In 2021, she will make a bold move away from her EDM success with over 2.7 million streams into all pop and indie with a string of strong releases that will leverage and build off her EDM roots. Let's give her a round of applause. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Can you hear me? How are you? How are you? I'm great. How do you pronounce your name? So it's pronounced McKaylin, but it's okay. I get a lot of pronunciations. Okay. McKaylin. So how have you been during this entire um, crazy, 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 crazy past, um, I would say past two years, past six years, because Obviously, in the United States, we have the elections here, and it was cray-cray. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you been dealing with everything that's gone on in the world? Um, it's been definitely, like, very odd. You know, I think it's been odd for everyone. Like, nobody would have seen this coming, right? So, like, it it's just, like, surreal. Like, I remember when – I remember, like, when we first found out about the pandemic. And, like, I was going to Florida. We were taking – it was our March break. And it was, like, when it first kind of got to the U.S. and got like that. And I was like, what is this? Like, it'll be over in a month, whatever. It's fine. And then turns out that that was super wrong. And I think we've all, like, had to adjust our living styles. We've had to, like, adjust, like, a lot of aspects of our everyday life. But um, I think a lot of good has come out of it for me just because I could connect with a wider audience through live streaming that I hadn't, like, done as much before like I live streamed really heavily for the first entire year of the pandemic really and also like being at home being with family I went to university so that was exciting and I was able to be on campus despite COVID which was really lucky because in Canada not a lot of universities did that last year wow yeah Uh, yeah I mean I I 
sometimes lay awake and start to think, did this really happen? Because this is something that normally you would hear about in the 1960s, 1950s, 1940s, not in 21st century, in 2021, um, in 2020 as well. Um, I had to pinch myself because, I mean, with everything that was going wrong, uh, elections, George Floyd, and all this different stuff that's been Mm -hmm. happening, it was just like, here's the thing that just literally shut down the world, and it actually made people have to if you're if you're with somebody or family, made you have to connect with people that you normally don't yeah. connect with because you're so busy and stuff like that. So here's a question that I ask everybody. Um, obviously, during the pandemic, uh, pandemic has been horrible. You know, people have died, mm-hmm. lost limbs. They're still dealing with lingering effects. Um, but there are pros to the uh, pandemic because people had time to really think about who they wanted to be, how they wanted to be how they wanted to be perceived. I know one of the weirdest things, and I say this all the time, is that, you know, I saw family members walking out in the street, and that shouldn't be an odd thing, but it is mm-hmm. odd. I don't see families walking together that much anymore. There were people, friends of mine, that said they cut back on work because they realized they weren't spending enough time with families. Um, mm-hmm. With climate change, that people not being in the street, there was... No, the pollution level went down severely. So the animals, the trees, and all that stuff, they were singing praises, made the thing, probably thinking, oh, these people may not mm-hmm. come back and breathe. Then you had, I read a couple of articles of people quitting their jobs. They said a lot of people quit their jobs because it made them realize that, you know, life is really, really short, and they wanted to do something that, you know, made them happy. It's not always about money. And as artists, I know people that decided to rebrand. Some people created new music. Some people just changed everything that they wanted to do about music. So during this time, did you take time to self-reflect, to decide, okay, I'm going to say you're doing the same music that I'm doing. Did you, do you want to be a more effective player? What did you think about during the pandemic in regards to your uh, creativity with music? Um, That's a great question. So I think honestly, for me, the pandemic was, a really big time of growth because like I said, like, or like you said, we had a lot of time to kind of sit with ourselves and Mm -hmm. that's that. And then also like connecting online. So for me, like I started doing zoom co-writes, which I had never done before. And that allowed me to co-write with people from all around the world. And um, I definitely started writing a lot more um, over like the course of all of the lockdowns in Canada, we've had like, a lot of different like lockdown periods so I've I've started writing like quite a lot more and I feel like that made me a very like strong writer um and I dedicated a lot more time to it than I had before and it also gave me a lot of time to think about how I want to reapproach my live show you know when when everything opens up normally again like I want to incorporate a band and I was able to research and make like mood boards and all of that for like my next project, which had, I, I, I kind of had an idea of it, but I didn't have it formulated until the pandemic like gave me time to sit down and really think about it. And I'm lucky because my family is very supportive. So they didn't mind helping me out. Um, my dad helped me with all of my live streams, helped me figure out how to shoot videos and all of that. So uh, the pandemic gave me a lot of time to kind of figure out what my next steps were. And I, as much as it's crazy that it happened and it is so awful, I'm also, on the other hand, kind of 
like we're never going to experience something like this again, hopefully fingers crossed. And so living through it is just insane because this is going to be history one day. Yeah, no, I'm hoping that, that we don't have to go through this again. Um, You know, they're starting to open up uh, a lot of things back up here in the United States and, you know, Mm -hmm. and curbing the rules on the, on the mask, but, I actually think it's too soon to do all of that because there are plenty of people that are still not vaccinated, don't plan on getting vaccinated, and they're actually looking at what's going to happen during the winter because that's mm. where the virus can thrive. So yeah. be, it's definitely going to be interesting. But in any case, we need to get back to a, a, a state of sanity um, and back to um, doing the things that we need to do to um, get through this life. Now, how mm-hmm. did you get started in music? Was it something that you heard, something that you saw? What was it that said that McKaylin is the person that needs to do music, that music is you? Yeah, so uh, there was never officially, like, a starting point, I think, for me, because it's just always been something that I've done. I grew up with um, a pretty musical family. You know, my mom has four sisters, and they used to sing. Uh, they had a little group called the Stapleton Sisters. And my dad has always appreciated music. He, like, did music growing up. But both my parents are athletes. So Mm. they put us in, like, piano and stuff and soccer and all of the sports to kind of, like, make sure we were well-rounded, me and my sisters. And I was literally the worst. Like, I was the kid in the middle of the soccer field, like, sitting down and picking dandelions while the game was, like, going around me. So (laughs) I was never a big fan of sports. But one thing Mm -hmm. that I did love was singing. So... I remember my first live performance, and I'm I'm putting air quotes up as I say that, um, was at my school talent show when I was four, and I sang Irish Lullaby um, because it was the only song I knew all the words to, right. and from that point forward, I kind of never looked back. Um, my parents put me into voice lessons, and I always loved reading and writing and telling stories. So songwriting kind of just seemed like a natural next step. The first, like, I remember my first songs, like, I had one called Horses that I wrote when I was six. had right. one called Lollipop Land, you know, all of those, like, those beginner ones. And then I just kind of never really looked back, and I'm lucky because I've been supported every step of the way, really. That's awesome. It's great to mm-hmm. uh, music around you. My father's also a singer, so and a, mm-hmm. a bunch of family members are um, into music. So I understand that aspect of growing around everything that's musically oriented. I myself didn't know I'm into music at all. I, I love to dance, and um, but I was extremely shy as a kid, and, and I'm always baffled at the fact that I'm in music because uh, there was no way. There was just no way. Now, yeah. you mentioned here in your bio that um, your song Sleepless Night streamed over 650,000K in four months of release. Um, how did that How did that happen? <laughs> because the, the, yeah. reason I, the reason I ask that question is, I mean, the song is probably fantastic, phenomenal, but as independent artists, we're always trying to get people to listen to our music and we have to market and be on all these um, social media platforms and keep pushing every single day. So what was your key to this successful release in four months because that's really good that's damn good so go ahead let us know 
Okay, so that one kind of has like a bit of an interesting story because uh, I wrote Sleepless Nights on my own and it was a song that I recorded on my own. Uh, I filmed a music video for it and then I decided I didn't want to release it. So (laughs) I was like, you know what, like this is just not going to happen. But then um, a group called Revan uh, Revan Beast, it's like this record label in Brazil that I've worked with before and that I kind of continue to work with. We have another release coming out soon. Uh, they reached out and asked if they could have the stem. So I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not doing anything with the song anyway. Like, I'll send it over. Right. And then it got remixed and released as an EDM song. And the EDM scene in Brazil is, like, huge. It's, um, it's like, one of the most popular genres there. So okay. the streams in Brazil, like, just were growing and growing and growing. And I remember checking my Spotify for artists and seeing, like, the amount of streams in Brazil. And it was just so surreal to me because... I um, I mean, I'm from Canada. I didn't really think I had much of an audience there, but since it was an EDM song and it was put out by like a producer there, uh, they all really liked it and it got added to a bunch of really awesome playlists. And so now it is, it's doing very well and I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. No, I mean, that's really good. I mean, uh, so you're, so you're pretty popular in Brazil, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somewhat. Um, like for my EDM music, yes. And then the funny thing is like a lot of my listeners are from Brazil and then they listen to a lot of my EDM music, but my like indie pop stuff, they don't listen to as much. That's more popular in like Canada, the U S and New Zealand. So now you're, you're straying a little bit from the EDM stuff and now going more into alt pop. So why did Mm -hmm. you, why are you deciding to do that? So basically, I have always like gravitated towards alt pop, indie pop, like since I was very young, since I became like a very big music fan, like my biggest musical inspiration is Marina, who was formerly like Marina Diamonds, and she was kind of in the same genre with like Lana Del Rey and Melanie Martinez. So I kind of grew up listening to that music and it influenced my writing a lot. And so a lot of the songs that um, are remixed and out now as EDM songs, started off like on the piano as kind of like indie pop or like that type of genre songs and then they were remixed and put out as EDM songs but I've always been writing like this indie pop alt pop genre Mm -hmm. and then I started recording more music um with my friend Chris who is also my co-writer producer and uh we we wrote like my next EP is almost all like indie pop and I feel like it's the music that is the most me. Um, so I'm really excited to release like all of that. I have two of those singles out now uh, on my Spotify. So you can kind of listen and compare the two from like the EDM to the indie pop. But I definitely feel like it's more authentic to me. And it's, you know, it's what I want the world to like know of me. And as much as I love like top lining and like mm-hmm. doing songs that are EDM, this is like what's more authentic to me. Well, that was my next question. You know, how important is it for you to be authentic? And I asked that question because I asked that of everybody because my whole my whole vibe is authenticity. Um, because mm-hmm. if you do a lot of mainstream artists out there, and I don't like to poo on them, you know, it's the same basic thing. Oh, love, break up, da 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 Everybody goes through that, but people go through a lot more in life. Mm-hmm. And what I really 
discovered um, in this past year is that the music industry doesn't really understand the aspect of social impact message songs, where people, you know, obviously we want to chart, we want to make money and stuff like that, but there's some artists that are totally geared towards helping other people, making sure that their music is connecting with people that really need it. So how important is your is it for your music to be authentic and relatable to your audience? It's like very important to me because for like for all of the reasons that you said, um, and I, like I said, like I've been writing a lot more lately, and I've grown up doing music. Like I started writing songs very seriously when I was like eleven. So every change that I've gone through as a person in my life, like, has been reflected by the songs that I write, and some of those aren't out. Um, some of them I just post to like YouTube or TikTok or like Patreon. But I found that some of the songs that are the most raw and honest for me are the ones that resonate the most with other people over the more mainstream sounding ones. And um, I grew up like doing choir and uh, Mm. I grew up, like I said, with sisters. So like harmonies and like layers and songs, it's like very important to me. I want all of my songs to have cool harmonies and cool like atmospheric sounds because that's what I grew up with and like that's what I love to listen to and as a writer I think authenticity is important because it helps you stand out but also like Mm -hmm. there's somebody out there who has the exact same feeling or thought or is going through a very similar thing to what I'm going through maybe and so by putting that feeling into words writing a song about it like I know whenever I'm going through something I go straight to music I have a playlist for everything so I I think that it's really important to kind of be honest and say things that, you know, you might be a little scared to say, but that everybody feels, you know? Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. I think you're a hundred percent right. And what I've told a lot of people is that what I've noticed, you know, with all this pandemic stuff and the election stuff and fake news and all this stuff during these past couple of years or six years, people have been wanting to get something that's real, that's honest, because mm-hmm. we've had so much with dishonesty in our world and, and things that are affecting our health and stuff like that. People want yeah. something relatable. They want that. They need that. You know, when I, I did a, a webinar on um, TikTok, and one of the things they talked about was that their most popular videos are people that are being authentic, just being themselves, because that's mm-hmm. relatable. Like, yeah, people like the pop artists, and they like to listen to those songs, but they can't relate. You know, there, and I always talk about this. Now, when Adele won, she beat um, Beyonce for a Lemonade album. People just didn't get it. Even Adele didn't get it. But I can tell you why she won, because people can relate to Adele. Mm-hmm. They can tell her. They know, oh, they know about the breakup. They know all the stuff that she's going through. You could feel like you could pick up the phone and say, oh, Adele, I just, oh, this song, it just got me. Or you could DM her. Beyonce, you can't do that. And I'm not trying to put, Beyonce is a great performer. She puts on a great show. She can sing. But when she sings, mm-hmm. I don't feel anything. But when Adele sings, I can feel something. And, 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 yeah. these, and these people so don't understand how all that Grammy stuff works anyway. That's the other side of it. That's the flip side of things. But exactly. that's why people voted for Adele. They can relate to that. And what, what these mainstream artists are going to start to have to understand is that ind- independent artists are coming on the rise. We all write our own stuff. We don't, we don't have 12 songwriters on our one song like Beyonce does. Um, mm-hmm. We're doing our own. We're putting everything we have into our music. 
And that's mm-hmm. why I think that um, independent artists, you know what? They're about to push those mainstream artists um, to the side. Now we have to wake, work on the radio people because all, yep. all they want to inundate you is with the same songs, same damn songs, same damn people. We just have to keep pushing and pushing. Now, what do you love about being artist the most? What is it that you love? Oh, God, there's so many things that it's hard to just pick, like, a top few. Um, But one of the big things that I really love is the community. And I know sometimes, like, it can be, like, hard to find your place in the community, that type of thing. But for me, I was embraced in it. I, I entered, like, the Songwriters Association of Canada when I was 10. And, like, technically, you're not allowed to get a membership until you're, like, I don't even remember the age, but I was too young. And uh, I messaged them, and I kind of, like, was, like, please, can I be a part of this? And they were, like, yes. And, like, I've had so many amazing artists, like, take me under their wing and, like, songwriters, like, and mentor me that I, I don't I don't even know where I'd be without them. Like, I've been so blessed to meet the people that I have. Um, and, like, for example, Don Grierson, he was an A&R guy um, for, I believe it was Capital. Um <laughs> And he uh, mentored me when I was, like, 11 and kind of took me under his wing. And when I went to L.A. for the first time, he, like, met me for dinner. And this guy has, like, worked with Celine Dion. And he's, like, sitting here having, like, an honest conversation with me over dinner. Like, it, the community is just something that, like, I really love and respect. And, like, I've met some of my best friends and favorite people through the musician community and through the artist community. And then, of course, also performing live is always a great, like, there's so many awesome aspects, like, as much as it is a hard industry, and I feel like sometimes people don't talk about that enough, like, um, I know for people who aren't artists, I think they mm-hmm. think that it's a little bit easier than it is, a lot right. easier than it is, um, but the community just makes it amazing, and there are a lot of really, really great aspects of it, but yeah, that's what I'd say one of my favorite parts is. Amen to that. Um, so I'm going to play your song, Blame. Tell us what that's about. Blame. Okay, so that is my latest single. Um, this song is very special to me. I wrote it back in January of this year with my friend Chris. Um, and we wrote it about, at the time, I told everyone it was about my friend's relationship. She had talked to me, like, the day before about mm. um, kind of what she was going through. She was going through something with her curve boyfriend of four years and he was just being so mean like he was being awful and she was telling me all this stuff and I was like okay this is like bad and she was like I know so then the next day like I went to the studio with Chris and I was like I need to think of something to write so I started writing blame and like we kind of came up with the concept and stuff and it's about a relationship that's kind of dying out Mm. and you realize that it's more one-sided and you're kind of done with you know Mm excusing their actions but then secretly on the other side it was also kind of about my own relationship at the time Mm. um but I was at that place where I was like I'm just not going to talk to anyone about this because I don't want him to look bad so then it was also about like my own personal experience but I didn't admit that till like recently um (laughs) so yeah it's a special song to me and it's just about putting your foot down and being like you know what I'm not going to be doing this anymore Amen to that. All right, let's play it. Blame. 
everybody can relate to that song. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody wants to always blame you for everything when they need to look in the mirror and see the stuff that they they do. And I just recently released a song with a friend called I'm Done. And my song is about friendships, a friendship that I was done with because of their back and forth. Mm-hmm. Not here attitude. I was like, oh, fool me four times. That's it. I'm done. You know, yeah. so I can relate. Uh-uh. I'm done start taking the blame and people thinking that you're just this wonderful person. I'm not doing it anymore. 
No, good sometimes, for you. Good for you. I mean, but this past uh, two years, I can tell you this. I've learned a lot about family and friends, some that have been blocked and deleted, and, and, mm-hmm. I, and I've made some new friends at the same time. Um, I think in life, you have to decide what's best for you. I mean, mm-hmm. you, need, you need positive energy around you. You don't need people that are going to be negative and phony and all kinds of things. Because you, you know, I always say this, you need to love yourself first. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Um, so how do you go about your songwriting process? And if you get writer's block, how do you deal with that? So uh, for my songwriting process, I'm a very melody-driven writer. So a lot of the times I will have an idea and then I will immediately go to either guitar or piano and map out some chords. Or sometimes I'll start with the chords first and just kind of be playing around on my instrument. And then I hear something that I like and kind of gives me an idea of the mood. And then from there, um, like my voice memos are a whole mess because there's like a hundred voice memos a song. So I will like start kind of jotting down ideas, mumbling absolute gibberish. And then um, at some point, usually a lyric forms. And then um, when I'm co-writing, for example, like we'll freestyle over something for like a little bit if I'm writing with like a producer, but when I'm writing with my guitar teacher, James, who I write with like at least once a week, um, usually I'll come with like a few lines already and then he will edit those, make them a hundred times better because it's always, I love co-writing because you can get other people's input and ideas and like, it's, it's yeah. awesome. Um, he'll usually come in and edit and like help me out. Um, and then we'll finish the rest of the song together. But in terms of writer's block, um, I went through like a few, like, well, when you've been writing for a while, like it's bound to happen. There's times where like I will run out of ideas. So one way that I actually found help is I get uh, somebody to send me a song that I don't know. So like, uh, for example, I didn't know um, like a few Nora Jones songs and my dad or someone would send me the lyrics and Mm -hmm. then I would write a melody for it, not knowing what the actual melody was. So that kind of gets me moving musically. Um, Another thing that I've tried a few times is like cutting up, well, I guess now there's probably apps you can do this and it would be a lot easier, but cutting up all the different chords um, in Roman numerals and then uh, picking out like four and then you have to make something with those four chords. So that for melody like helps me a lot uh, to kind of just like, sometimes I find I'll get stuck in a rut and be doing the same thing like over and over again. And that's like a way to switch it up. And then lyrically, um, I think writer's block, I either get help from co-writers and Mm -hmm. like my guitar teacher, James, like see if he has any ideas that week just to get me writing in the first place. Like even if we're not writing a song for me, writing a song for him type of thing, or uh, I, I read more and I make sure that I'm like, listening more to like the news or I'm a big reader. So like reading books and writing a song, whatever I'm like reading about or writing parallels to songs that I've already written. That's the new one that I've been trying. Yeah. 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 Songwriting can be an interesting thing. I always tell people, I just throw, I still write on paper because I I can't be on the screen all the time. Mm -hmm. There's words on the screen sometimes, and then I work with the chorus first, and then um, and then work around the chorus to create something. Now, do you play an instrument? 
Yeah, I play piano and guitar. See, still trying to learn how to play something. I my instrument or my vocals and the past five years, I've said I'm going to open this. I bought a smart keyboard to uh, learn how to play, and I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to. I think it's, I think it's better when someone knows how to play something. I tried doing the guitar, but I felt like a contortionist. My body was just like, no. And then somebody recently said, you know, they make guitars for women. So I may try to go back into the whole guitar thing. I don't know. Maybe I have it. a smaller guitar for that exact reason. Like I have the Ed Sheeran Martin guitar and it's like a smaller frame and I love it. It works because yeah, like you said, like my fingers don't move like that. I'm a piano player. Like I was not used to it. Oh my gosh. Now what part do you like the most? Do you like the listening to the finished product or do you like the whole production side of uh, actually creating the song? Oh, that is such a good question because there's like pros and cons for both. I I mean, of course, I love hearing the finished product, but there's something that's like special about creating it and um, kind of making it form into its final version to be like perfected. So I'd say I definitely like like the process of making the song a little bit more like, I mean, I love them both, but in terms of like, I just love the creative process. I think it's, right. it's one of the best parts of being a musician. Yeah, I uh, was in the studio yesterday and I created some. I, I like to do weird stuff. <laughs> you know, I like to put instruments that may, people may not hear together. I want to do something that, you know, that's not always like what people expect. And so mm-hmm. I do Americana. I do a lot of different genres, but right now I'm focused on Americana and I, and I wanted, I said, is there any dark Americana country music? And I actually researched it. And there's like, I didn't know there was like gothic country, which is interesting. That's to me. cool. I had no idea. That's yeah, yeah. There's like all this like alternative and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. So I did a song yesterday that was based on, on the pandemic and how an, intro, an extrovert would feel like if they were stuck at home. And, and yeah. I keep looking back and forth. It, and I even have to get used to what I did. Like if it's yeah. so out of form of something that I do, I'm like, do I even like this? And I can't, and then I listen to it this morning. No, I like it because it's different, but I even have to get used to it because it's not the normal Americana. It's not the normal folk or singer songwriter or pop that I do. And I'm like, no, this is different. And I created it so that, you know, more for sync than anything else, because I could hear it in like a movie um, if I needed to, you know, if I wanted to send it. So is that something also that you're interested in doing? What is your ultimate goal with your music? Because obviously I, you're, you have a great voice for sync and licensing too. Thank you. Um, well, first of all, that sounds like really cool. I love like experimenting in the studio. So I think that that's like awesome that you do that. And then I think for sync for myself, I've, I've been trying to research it more because and that's where I'm kind of like, I, I don't entirely know too much, but I was a part of a program over the summer called Canadian Musicians Cooperative, and that right. was my summer job, and we learned a lot about sync licensing and the like whole like legal side of it, the ins and outs. So um, I want to get into that for sure, because I think, like, I love being an artist, and I also love songwriting. So I like writing for other people, and I would love to do both. Um my end goal is to be like a working touring musician and to build up my fan base to the point where I can go and do like um, my, my, I would love to do like mid-sized general admission venues because those are always my favorite concerts. 
Um, but I would also love to like write for other people. Like I know Taylor Swift, she does that. She writes for like so many other people under like a fake name and sometimes she gets found out about it. Sometimes she doesn't, but either way, she's still writing for other people while writing for herself. Yeah. I'll have to send you some of um, the places where you can submit your music. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah, I have a list of places. Um, so I'm going to play your song. I love you too much. Tell us what that's about. Oh, I that was my first like indie pop single that I released like without um like after releasing only EDM for a little mm-hmm. while. So that song also like means a lot to me. I love you too much is basically it. So it's also on my EP, and it kind of goes in like a story almost with all the songs on the EP and it's the song that comes before blame in that you're starting to realize that there's an issue with the relationship Mm. Um, and you're not ready to face it yet but you're starting to like acknowledge that there's a problem and you're kind of realizing it that it's one-sided more one-sided than you'd like it to be and I don't think at this point in the song like you're ready to completely let go, but by blame you are. So it's like the step before that. Um, I wrote it secretly about my own relationship again, but I also wrote it just about like a lot of my friends go through it. Like we, we all go through it. Everyone goes through it. There's always, everyone has, you know, their heartbreak story. So um, that's kind of, that was the inspiration behind I love you too much. All right, let's play it. I just wanted everything to be okay, like it used to be. Push my feelings to the side and walk away to avoid the pain. Words that I don't say, and I hate the thought. Love is easy, but no one ever said 
what are three things you wish you had known before you got into the music industry? Oh God. Okay. Three things that I wish I had known is, um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I think everybody should know that. And I kind of did know that going into it because luckily for me, I did have people who told me that, but of course, when you're like 11, you're still like, okay. And like, you don't really, you don't really know what a marathon is versus a sprint. I mean, right. yeah. So, so that's like number one, number two would be uh network as much as you can. I think I've kind of learned that over the years. I think it's very important to meet people because it, you need support in this industry. It's hard. And like, it can get really depressing at times. Um, and I think you can get easily discouraged, but if you have people in your corner, people that know what you're going through, uh, that makes the world of difference. Right. And then, um, number three is, Oh God, now I have like four. Number three is make sure you enjoy the ride. And then also be careful of who you trust because there are people out there who try to kind of prey on people's dreams like that's so you got to be very careful amen to that i mean i don't Mm -hmm. know they have like a radar as soon as they see somebody trying to do something in the music industry or an independent artist and um and they see that you're trying they just zap onto you and they just just like oh i I can make your dreams come true but you've got to pay me this yeah Yeah. are you like spawn i swear to god it's insane I always tell people, please do your due diligence, do your research. Um, if anybody comes in and contacts you, has an agreement for you, get a lawyer, you know, yeah. read it yourself. If you, if you can't afford a lawyer, I mean, there's plenty of pro bono people that will do stuff. Find somebody that's well-educated in the music business that you don't sign your, your life away. You give away a lot of stuff. You know, one of my pet peeves with the music industry is that is that particular thing, you know, on LinkedIn, uh, sometimes people will contact me and they'll say, oh, you know, I really like your music. I really would like to help you, blah, 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 blah. And then yeah. what they do is that they want you to purchase all these a la carte things, services that they have on their platform. I don't like that. I'm do- I so don't like to do that. Um, no. What I'm looking for is what they used to do back in the day. Somebody listens to your music. They really like you. They want to invest their time in you. And they make money when you make money. See, this is what needs to happen. It's not, well, let me pay for this. You're not even guaranteed to get anything out of the stuff that you paid for. But when somebody works hard for you and they know that they're going to get paid once you get paid, that's when they put everything, all their energy into mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I'm so with it. So this guy contacted me on LinkedIn. I was like, well, I'm not into this. I said, I need, oh, then he starts out, well, you don't know about music business. I said, I said, you're, I said, you're talking about to the wrong person because I'm well aware about a lot of things in the music. Mm-hmm. You guys are trying to take advantage of people that are in this industry. And I said, you didn't even research me because if you went on my website, you see, I, I've done a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. You know your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy how they just, they, they want to manipulate you and say, oh, well, I can do so much for you. I said, he said, well, you know, I can get you signed on a label. I said, did I, I did I say I wanted to be signed? I never said I wanted to. Be signed. I don't want anybody to take my stuff. It's exactly. Like they, they they don't pay attention. It's just crazy. So it's no, I'm, I'm with you on that. Now one last thing, uh, what is a quote, message, or affirmation, or prayer, or whatever you use 
to push you um, when it comes to your music, your life. You know, sometimes we get so overwhelmed in doing this music business because it's a lot of work. And so, mm-hmm. I know every day I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore because <laughs> it is a lot of work. I'm, I'm, I was crazy in October and released six songs back to back and trying oh to market. Yeah, that's in, that's insanity. Never do that. I'm telling you. Oh everybody. my god! <laughs> Unless you have a team that's put, I'm doing everything myself. Yeah, uh-uh, don't do it. Um, but yeah, is there something that you say or do that really pushes you throughout the day when you're feeling like, oh my god, this is too much? Um, something that I do and a habit that I kind of have is even if I don't feel like doing music, like I don't. There'll be days where I'm like, I really don't want to practice, right? Or like, yeah. I really don't want to write. But instead um on those days like I make sure that I just pick up my guitar I find guitar over piano because like I've been playing piano longer and just like spend a few minutes on my own in my own head just doing what I love and just playing random chords and taking the pressure off and like kind of an affirmation um slash prayer type of thing that I like to do every night is um, I've gotten really into affirmations lately, like affirmation videos on YouTube and that type of thing. Um, Making sure that I'm always grateful for the opportunities that I've had and making sure that I'm grateful for where I'm at now. Um, Just being thankful for that and being aware of my privilege that I've had the opportunities that I've had. Um, I feel like acknowledging that it's really like a humbling experience. And it keeps me going and just remembering that this is what I love and thanking God for creativity and um, the opportunities that I've been given. Amen to that. Well, you heard it here. I'm saying that right. You are. You are. You're good. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on Chatting with Nat. It's been awesome talking to you. I hope one day we can do a... um, Instagram live. I think that would be a lot of fun. That would be awesome. I've learned a lot. And by the way, I while we were on, because I like to multitask, while we were chatting here, I emailed you to some of the sync places that you can upload your music to. Um, oh, you're an angel. Thank you so much. Yeah, you can check That's that so out. Sweet. I think you have an amazing voice. Obviously, you're incredibly talented. That's without a doubt. And, you know, I hope, I wish you much, much, much success. Thank you so much for being with, on Chatting with Nat. Thank you so much for having me. This has been super fun, and I'm looking forward to when we can talk again. Definitely. All right, everybody. This was Chatting with Nat with singer-songwriter McKaylin. Hey, you can find her on Facebook, McKaylin Music. Website is www.mckaylinmusic.com. She's on Instagram, she's YouTube, Twitter, or you know what? Just Google. Just Google. Google is a friend of yours. It's a friend of mine. You can find her there. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.